and it is Jesus who makes this a glorious day. Welcome to this morning's Echoes of Calvary broadcast. Glad you could join us. Pastor Rob continues his presentation on the qualities of faithful Christians, what God says about spirit fruit and how this could be cultivated in our lives. Also, listen for the nine dimensions of this fruit in Galatians chapter 5. And now, Pastor Robert Elliott. Faithful Christians, we've seen they are prayed for by others. Second, faithful Christians exhibit faith in God. Third, faithful Christians love with God's love. And fourth, faithful Christians have this hope, this desire, plus this expectation. Fifth quality of faithful Christians. And I'm going to camp on this one a little longer. Faithful Christians constantly bear more and more fruit. We bear more and more fruit. So the question becomes, what is fruit? Does the Bible define spiritual fruit for us, or are we left to our own considerations on that? Well, no, we aren't left to our own considerations. God tells us in many places in the New Testament what spiritual fruit is. Let me tell you what God says spiritual fruit is so that we can trust him to produce more and more of this fruit in our lives. The first aspect of spiritual fruit is a developing Christian character. A developing Christian character. The fruit of the Spirit, verses in Galatians 5, tell us what that developing Christian character looks like. Galatians 5, to 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. One of my little uh, pet peeves is when I call the fruit of the Spirit the fruits of the Spirit. There aren't nine different fruits. There's one fruit of the Spirit that has nine beautiful uh, dimensions to it, uh, profiles on it. The nine things I just read from Galatians 5 are all true of the fruit of the Spirit. And as we yield to the Holy Spirit who lives inside of us, as we let him control us moment to moment, he will produce that beautiful fruit in our lives. What's fruit for? Fruit is for the nourishment of people who get to eat it. So God, the Holy Spirit, wants to produce his fruit in your life so that people who rub lives against your life will be refreshed and nourished in spiritual ways by the character qualities of the fruit of the Spirit that are growing as you walk in the Spirit. So the first aspect of spiritual fruit is a developing Christian character. The second aspect is living a life of good works. We know that good works does not save us. But we know that after we are saved, our lives better be involved in doing good works as a thank you to the Savior. Saving faith is always accompanied by good works. It's like two parts of an airplane boarding pass. When you go through airport security and then you get on the plane, they tear off the little part and they keep the big part. The ticket has two parts to get on the airplane. Saving faith has two parts. Trust in the finished work of Christ to be enough to pay for our sins. The second part is good works flowing out of that faith in Christ to be our remedy for sin. It's a two-part thing, faith. And so part of this growing 
spiritual fruit is that we ought to be living lives of good works. Skip down to verse 10 of Colossians 1, would you? So that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord to please him in all respects, bearing fruit, here it is, in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. So spiritual fruit in the first place is a developing Christian character. In the second place, it's living a life of good works. Third, spiritual fruit is those that we have a part in actually leading to salvation in Christ. Angels can't lead anybody to salvation in Christ. They just observe. We who know Jesus have the responsibility and the joy of helping people trust Jesus alone to be their Savior. And the Bible says the people we had some part in bringing to Christ for salvation is part of our spiritual fruit. Amazing. Romans 1.13 spells this out. I do not want you to be unaware, brethren, that often I have planned to come to you, that is to Rome, but I've been prevented so far. Why did he want to go to Rome? So that I may obtain some fruit among you also even as among the rest of the Gentiles. Paul says, I've been praying and wanting to come to Rome, and so far I've been prevented, but the main reason I've wanted to come to Rome is to share the gospel, which is the power of God unto salvation for all who will believe, so I can get some spiritual fruit in Rome. Some people that God used me in some manner to bring to Christ. There's only two things we can take to heaven, family. People we lead to Christ and the Bible. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. So spiritual fruit is a developing Christian character. It's living a life of good works. It's those we have a part in leading to salvation. But spiritual fruit is more. It's giving praise to God with our lips. Giving praise to God with our lips. Hebrews 13, 15 tells us, Through him then, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is, the fruit of lips that give thanks to his name. When you go to high school tomorrow and this week, students, and you just simply bow your head in the cafeteria over your lunch and give thanks to God for giving you something to eat, the people around you are observing you have spiritual fruit, lips that praise God. When someone gives you a compliment, if you sincerely say, to God be the glory, or the Lord did that through me, or whatever you might say to give him the credit, that's spiritual fruit, lips of praise. When we sing, singing was good this morning. When we sing, spiritual fruit, lips of praise to God. But there's more. Spiritual fruit is not only a developing Christian character, living a life of good works, those we have a part in leading to salvation, giving praise to God with our lips, but last It's money we give to the cause of Christ. The Bible says the money we choose to give to the cause of Jesus Christ is also fruit. Romans 15, verse 28. Therefore, when I have finished this and have put my seal on this fruit of theirs, I will go on by way of you to Spain. He was talking about a financial offering that was in his hands that he was to courier And he called that spiritual financial offering that he was the courier to deliver, he called the offering itself fruit. So when the collection plates, the offering plates were passed this morning, and you put something on the plate, you were were putting some fruit, some spiritual fruit 
into the cause of Christ through this local church. I'm grateful to God that he didn't leave us to our imaginations to figure out what it means to be fruitful. (laughs) What it means to be fruitful is to have a developing Christian character, to be living a life of good works, to have those we can point to that we had a part in leading to salvation in Christ, to be giving praise to God with our lips, and to make choices with our money that invest in the cause of Jesus Christ, the cause that cannot fail. That's spiritual fruit according to the New Testament. Faithful Christians are bearing more and more spiritual fruit. And now, today's personal God story. My name is Mark Wallace, and I'm currently the director of the Adventure Learning Center. Today I want to share with you my story, my testimony of how I came to know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I grew up in a a very religious home in upstate New York. Uh, My parents, both married, very moral, went to church every single Sunday, went to all sorts of religious classes and CCD and, and, you know, I grew up in a very good, wholesome home. I knew about Jesus and, and I have to say that I believed in Jesus and I believed in God. But uh, as I grew up in maybe junior high and high school, I just started to drift away from the faith that I had been taught and, and I began to uh, get involved in, you know, immoral behavior and immoral relationships, kind of similar to those around me. And and by the time I graduated high school and went away to Syracuse University, I went to college, um, I was, you know, doing what everyone else was doing. I graduated college in around 1985, and I hated the cold weather in New York, so I moved down to Florida. And uh, after I graduated, my parents had got me a car, and I had a job in in, the Fort Lauderdale area. And... After being down there for a little bit, I uh, had invited a girlfriend that I was dating up in New York come down to live with me. And now, really broke my mom's heart when she found out. But I thought, you know, I'm my own man. I was 20, 22 years old, and I, I can do what I want to do. Well, we continued our relationship and um, actually ended up getting married. But because we had done it our way instead of God's way, uh, the marriage quickly got into difficulties. We um, didn't see eye to eye on many things. And, and uh, actually, I'm really ashamed to say that uh, only after two years, I ended up in divorce. And uh, at about age 27, I was single. And at the time, though, I had a good job, actually a great job. I was an environmental engineer in, in South Florida. I had uh, a, a brand new house when I moved from uh, my marriage, I left my wife the house that we purchased together and I moved and I purchased a brand new house. I had a new car, I had a brand new life and everything was really good. I uh, traveled, I went to Europe and South America, I had friends and, and uh, eventually my wife was completely out of the picture moving back up north and began uh, a three year period of really good time in my life, I have to say. Um, but after about three years of kind of the high life, I guess I should say, I began to feel an emptiness in my life. And I remember one Saturday night sitting down and uh, taking account of my life, and I couldn't figure out what was missing. I knew that there was something missing in my life. And as I pondered, I began to think that, well, um, I realized that I was a person who loved children. And uh, I didn't have any family from my first marriage, um, maybe luckily, but... Um, 
I was an uncle to several nieces and nephews, and I always was a big kids guy. And I figured, you know, I need to settle down and have a family, and I need to meet a nice girl. And I wasn't really um, meeting the nice type of girls that I would uh, marry the places I was hanging out with. I had plenty of girls' friends, but not the types I want to marry. And uh, someone had told me about a big church in downtown Fort Lauderdale that had plenty of nice uh, females to choose from. And I thought, wow, that sounds like a real nice place to meet a nice girl. After a few weeks, I considered, and, and I went down to this big church in downtown Fort Lauderdale, and I, I went to the single Sunday school, which was um, huge. In fact, there was about 300 singles. And when I walked into the room, I found that there was probably about 250 more women. And I thought, wow, these are some very attractive women. I am gonna thought I was going to meet a nice-looking girl there. But God had other plans for my life. Um, as I got to know the people and come back to church a couple times, I began to realize that there was a difference between the folks uh, from this church, to, from the church that I grew up in, which was, I would have to say, much more religious. And after three or four weeks, I started asking questions uh, one night at a gathering of the singles group. And, and they were using some words that I wasn't quite accustomed to. And I remember after being with the group, um, leaving that uh, singles gathering that evening, thinking, you know, um, this is kind of a little bit much for me. I don't really understand it. I'm not used to these terms. And I'm not really going to find what I'm looking for here. Well, it wasn't until that next Saturday night I was sitting home and I was watching television and um, I was getting ready to go out to the clubs like I had been doing for the previous three years after my divorce. And uh, uh, Billy Graham came on TV. For some reason, at 9 o'clock, I turned to that station and I began to watch it. And as I watched and heard Billy Graham share his message, he talked um, about the love of God and how he had a plan for our, my life. And things started connecting, and I began to have a hunger and a thirst for um, what I had heard. As uh, Billy Graham shared um, the gospel and at the end of the telecast uh, shared a prayer to receive Christ, I knew that that's what was missing in my life. And I got onto my knees in front of my television that one Saturday night of April 24th of 1993 and knelt and, and repeated the prayer that he had shared over the air. I remember quite specifically that evening that I knew at that moment something had changed. There was a difference in my life immediately. I have to say, I use the term uh, liquid love. I felt God's love pour into me. I felt it fill me that evening and I felt different. Um, in fact, that was a Saturday night. That next Sunday, I went to the church that I had been going to for the last several weeks, uh, walked in and started to tell people something happened to me. And they, as they asked questions, I told them that I had prayed and asked Jesus to come into my heart. Well, immediately they brought me in, kind of sat me down and uh, went over the gospel, made it more clear of the decision that I wasn't quite exactly sure of what had happened right away uh, was welcomed into the church and uh, as I was before but this time they told me that I needed to get baptized so that next Wednesday only a few days later I got baptized fully immersed in water and um, came out of the water just knowing that my life had changed for good I began to get involved in the church even right away I got involved in youth Sunday school and, and uh, junior church type of activity. Like I said, I always loved kids, and, and I got involved in first just listening. I wasn't a teacher right away, certainly, but after six months or a year of uh, being involved, I began teaching and uh, started with a course of Evangelism Explosion, which is a gospel-sharing course right away. Um, I started going out and knocking on doors, and, and I remember for the first years telling people that 
what had happened, really just my testimony, how I had trusted in Jesus, and everything changed. And I found very quickly that my gift uh, that God had given me was evangelism, and my favorite passion was to tell people about Jesus. And as I trained in evangelism, I became a trainer, and I trained the youth, and over the years, um, deeply involved in evangelism. And actually, after a few years of being a Christian in 1995, I decided it was time to go on a mission trip, and I went to uh, Moscow for a two-week period with the church that I was attending, and uh, we did street evangelism, and I had the greatest time. And at that point, I knew that somehow God was eventually going to lead me into full-time uh, ministry. Uh, a couple years later, I went to Thailand for two months on a mission trip in 1997, and then taught conversational English and shared the gospel with many there. A couple years later in Portugal in 1999, I went to a mission trip. And then in 2001, uh, two years after that, I came to uh, Nassau, Bahamas, with my church on a little mission trip to the Adventure Learning Center. As I was here uh, working and ministering at the camp in uh, different locations on the island, uh, the director of the Adventure Learning Center at the time, Tim Halber, sat me aside and said, you know, we're looking for someone that has a little science background and loves, loves children and likes to teach, um, you know, children and likes to share the gospel. And I prayed. Um, I tell people all the time that that's next to trusting in Jesus 22 years ago on April 24th of 1993. Um, coming to the Bahamas as a missionary was the uh, best decision I've made. And then uh, a couple of years after being here, um, God blessed me with uh, meeting a beautiful Bahamian lady, and um, that's really the second best decision I ever made. I married a, a beautiful Bahamian lady, and I've been married for 10 years, and we have a, a child six years old and a child four years old. Uh, so God's blessed me, and, and as I look back um, on my life at this point, I think of a verse comes to my mind. It's Ephesians 2.10, which says that we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he prepared in advance for us to do. And that's pretty much my life first. God knew before the foundation of the earth that uh, he was going to invite me into his kingdom. And, and as I accepted him as my savior, he had a plan for my life. And as I even look back towards the night that Billy Graham talked about the plan, I've seen it come through for the last 22 years. And I look forward to the next 22 years uh, as to see what God has for my life. So if you're listening out there today in, in, uh, you know, maybe you're at the top of the game. Maybe you're working for the banking industry, or maybe you're, maybe you're uh, have a great job, and you do, you don't see that you have a real need for Jesus like I did. Um, there's there if you search your soul, I believe uh, in my heart that you'll find that there's really something missing if you don't know Him as your Savior. And I invite you to uh, pray the prayer of salvation, which is a simple trusting and believing that Jesus Christ died on the cross and rose from the grave for your sin. And um, that Bible simply says, if you do that, if you trust that, you'll be saved. And that's, uh, that's the good news that I came to share at the Adventure Learning Center with children and uh, here in the Bahamas with adults whenever I get an opportunity. So thank you for the opportunity to share today. Um, God bless. And now, help for the hurting with the director of the Christian Counseling Center, Pastor Frederick Arnett. Thank you very much, Brother Jack, and uh, I'm very happy to be able to be on this program again this morning. And, uh, of course, with me in the studio is my wife, Helen Arnett, who is the director of um, counseling services. Um, 
You want to tell me about where did you get your training and when was this? Uh, I am a graduate of Liberty University. I have a bachelor's in psychology and my master's in counseling. And I have done training outside of that at workshops at College of the Bahamas, at the Roman Catholic with HIV and AIDS, a number of international areas, uh, peers, and the list goes on and on. Okay, thank you very much. Tell me, what, what are some of the presenting issues you are faced with in counseling? People come in with issues such as marital issues, relationship issues, um, interpersonal, HIV, AIDS, and sometimes I'm not really a person who deals with adolescent, but on a few occasions schools have approached me to assist with students who have been either um, suspended or expelled or whatever the situation is, and I've worked with them from time to time. Okay. Um, what would you say then is one of the issues that, that uh, seemingly is most challenging for marriages? I think it could be communication also. I guess following closely is a matter of trust. Okay. People don't communicate effectively and also I guess if you're not communicating effectively then trust is a big issue with a number of even it's not always with persons who are married, it's parental trust with children. They don't trust the parents, the parents don't trust the child. They say, Well you lie to me too many times, so I really can't trust what you say. And so it's just not only with couples, it's with parents, it's with supervisors and staff. So it's, it's, it's spread throughout. Okay. Well, let's, let's talk a little bit of, about communication. You would agree that uh, definitely communication is very necessary in any relationship whether it's marital relationship or even family communication, uh, uh, communicating in and among the family. Uh, what, what would you like to say to us about communication then? How, how important it is for there to be open communication among families and, and of course, spouses? I think in order to have open communication, you have to be a good listener. And okay. you have to listen in an active way. And I um, really, I think on the, my card, I have um, active listening. It's an act of love. Just really listening to a person uh, before you decide to pass judgment or to give your comments or whatever. I think you need to really show empathy and understanding and see yourself in the person's shoe. So listening actively, not in a passive way, or listening just to have your conversation to put down or to decide, let me see if I can really outdo this person like a competition. So you have to listen actively, whether you're a parent or a spouse, a significant other, or the supervisor, or the priest, or the apostle. Because a lot of people go to the ministers in the church and they don't feel like they've really listened to them either. They pass judgment. Okay. 
So uh, listening then is is very important when it comes to communication. Uh, active listening. Active listening. Yeah, because you can say I listen to you, but uh, you're not really well, listening in an active way. Yes, yeah, so, or you you can you can be divided in your listening. Uh, I know I find it very difficult to listen if I'm watching TV or whatever I am doing. Uh, it seems as if I have a, a one track mind, and if if I am going to really listen to you, I've got to shut the TV off. I could still remember uh, our daughter, uh, Deborah, um, if she calls on the phone from school, she could tell whether I'm listening to her or whether I'm watching TV and trying to listen to her. And she would say to me, Daddy, are you listening to me or are you watching TV? So uh, it, it is very important to to give your undivided attention, especially to your spouse when he or she is uh, listening to you. You want to give us some uh, necessary points in listening? I think you listen and you give your full attention, number one. And then you focus on the good qualities of the speaker. Don't just listen with an idea, well, who are you to tell who are you? to tell me and you passing judgment because many times we come with this idea nobody can tell me anything. Okay. I'm on know it all or who you I have my degree or because I, I I've even professional people sometimes when you dialogue with them, they come over this idea, um, you're not gonna tell me because I've been in this position for so many years and I could tell you what to do. And so it's it's not really giving the full attention, it's not focusing on that individual or whatever, and like that, people right away don't want to communicate with you. Okay, well, um, we will pick up from here next time in the will of the Lord. Thank you very much for uh, having us again this morning. You've been listening to Echoes of Calvary, a radio ministry of Calvary Bible Church, Nassau, Bahamas. Our morning worship service begins this morning at 11 a.m., in the sanctuary located on Collins Avenue. We encourage you to join us. Feel free to write us at eocradio at gmail.com or P.O. Box N1684, Nassau, Bahamas. And remember, everyone needs a savior.